You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. This is Roger coming to you on the 22nd of September. Last week was the Tokyo Game Show, and I thought that we'd take some time and just go over basically a crap load of stuff that was discussed there. We got some pretty awesome trailers, a whole bunch of information about games, and while the obvious slant is towards the Square Enix stuff and things like that, basically it's and weird shit like Danga Ronba <laughs> with killer freaking bears. This is like Vince's idea of heaven. I'm quite certain. I I love those games. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of Vince talking today. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> but there was a whole My bunch. Time of, has come. Yes. <laughs> it only took six years, but I'm finally in charge of for the Lord. <laughs> But there was a whole bunch of other stuff that was super interesting that some of it that I hadn't even heard of. And then we do have a little bit of extra news as well from uh, from the week. Let's start with the obvious Final Fantasy stuff because there was a crap load of it from Final Fantasy 15 to World of Final Fantasy and some other projects from Square Enix. So let's start with uh, Final Fantasy 15. Vince, go ahead. I love how you said there was a whole bunch of interesting stuff at TGS, and then you start with Final Fantasy 15. Let's get it out of the way and move on. <laughs> yeah, he wants I'm a buffer st- before he starts talking about tentacles. Come on. I'm still not particularly feeling this game. Uh, the big thing that they had to show off here was the chocobo riding and fishing. <laughs> I thought they actually talked about more than just that. That was oh, all yeah, that they-, they talked about more, but their big like tent pole for the presentation was chocobo riding and fishing. So chocobo riding, I can kind of understand, but fucking fishing. Really? I, why do the chocobos drift? <laughs> I thought that was funny. I have never seen a giant bird power slide. <laughs> Cause it's, it's auditioning for Ridge racers. <laughs> it's like, man, we got to get out of this franchise. Where else can we go? Fast and furious. <laughs> I was going to say, the developers finally saw Fast and Furious 2 and they're like, that's great! Why <laughs> the chocobos? All right, well, if you're not even into it, then do you want to just move on well, from no, there? There's, there's, there's a couple other things to touch on. They, they did talk about a few other aspects of the game, most of which I found largely uninteresting. One thing, though, they have said there will be no Moogles in Final Fantasy XV because what? according to Tabata, the director, it wouldn't fit in with the game's atmosphere. If you have created a Final Fantasy world where you can't find a place to put Moogles, you done fucked up. Hold on a second. So we have drifting fucking chocobos, chocobos but no Moogles? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I want to smoke what they're smoking or eat what they're eating because holy shit. Really? Yeah, it's. Uh, I thought it was. Kubo, funny. this buddies. <laughs> I honestly thought it was hysterical when I read that. <laughs> and then just one other thing that uh, kind of caught my attention is they're already laying the groundwork for not having the airships in the game. <laughs> as we discussed, they said the airships are going to be in the game, but it's going to be like as a separate downloadable uh, content pack because they want to do something really unique and really different. And they're already starting to say that the airship bonus content may be cut if it doesn't meet the standards of the game. So I think this is their way of like going, no, no, no. We told you, you know, a year ago that the, the content might not happen. So I would not be surprised. So if the content what are they going to replace happen. it with? Like Chocobo motorcycle gangs or something? Chocobo cause... armor. How much more do you oh. want than drifting Chocobos, Joe? Come on. Come Listen, on. I want neon Chocobos. With... Uh, yeah, I want the underlighting. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if it doesn't have, if it's not a low, low chocobo, I don't want it. I want that that base coming from it as it's coming around the bay. I would pay money for a chocobo with like giant speakers mounted. <laughs> and I then need to insert starving. the Tokyo Drift song right here. <laughs> That's what I want coming out of that chocobo's ass. Oh, okay. Anything and else? And there's our episode title. <laughs> 
Okay, we're going to move on to World of Fan- Final Fantasy? Yeah, they, they talked about other stuff, but Nothing. it was I, largely uninteresting, so not going to waste time. World of World of Final Fantasy is another one that I'm, I don't know, I'm not sold on it. Like, I don't like the art style too much. I think it's a little weird. The heads freak me out. <laughs> well, seriously, like the heads when they're full grown are just really oddly proportioned and freak me out. But we did get to see a little bit more. There was another trailer for the game and it was uh it's the second trailer and you get to see where they're going through and actually having encounters uh just a little bit but it's still just see i actually like the art style myself i not like it's like head over heels i love it but i kind of liked it actually and i preferred this trailer it showed some again a little bit more in terms of the art style for the various characters and whatnot i'm not saying i'm going to be playing this but from an aesthetics point of view i actually thought it was pretty nice yeah, I and, mean, it's Final Fantasy, the fan service edition. Like, I'm not going to run out and buy it day one, but I'm sure a lot of people are going to have a lot of fun with this game. Yeah. Oh, and I'm sure they will. And there's some interesting ideas in the mechanics, like the whole idea of you're going through and recovering memories or going through memories of encounters and stuff like that. And there was interesting comments from, like, some of the creatures where it's like, oh, it's them again. And you're sort of reliving these these things that you don't actually remember was kind of cool. And I do like the idea that your character will sort of morph to deal with things. So you're not always going to be child chibi. Sometimes you're going to be full-grown adult. That's kind of an interesting concept. I, I like the idea of the whole traipsing through memories type deal, but I'm still, I'm not sold. I just, I don't care for chibi art mostly is really what it is. You bastard. God, you just hate cute things. Man, hates peanuts, hates chibis. Does Tart know? God. You only reveal this when you know she's not going to be listening. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, let's move on. They also, Square Enix, talked about their new project. It's the first project to come out of their new studio, Tokyo RPG Factory, and it's Project Setsunam. And they didn't show a ton on it. I mean, it was basically still pretty early, it looked like. And it, it kind of has that Final Fantasy early years gameplay feel to it just looking far far better kind of thing and it's party based and turn based it it looked like it would be actually a lot of fun if you like those early final fantasy games kind of thing that kind of mechanic and old school zelda kind of mechanics it it looked like it'd be a lot of fun especially because it's coming out not just for the ps4 but also the vita i can see myself actually spending quite a bit of time on that on the vita yeah, looking at like the the combat system and how that's set up it actually it has a very chrono trigger feel to me right so, okay, how about Persona 5? You want to talk yes. about that for a while? Should we walk away and just come back in a half hour? No, no, no. There, there isn't too <laughs> much to talk about. Uh, of course, the big news that, honestly, it's no surprise. The game has been delayed until 2016. I knew there was no chance it was going to come out this year. Anime tear on Vince's cheek. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially since they want to do uh, the Western release, if not at the same time as the Japanese release, pretty closely after and... They haven't done a whole lot of translation work yet. If you look at some of the official translations they've released, it's pretty rough. (laughs) But uh, they did show off a brand new trailer, which just as fun and stylish as the last time around, showing off a lot more of the actual gameplay, some of like the uh, the sneaking and stealth elements that are going in with this whole cat burglar thief theme that's going on and all of the traditional trappings of persona you know the daily life and the school and all that and what really got me in addition to the music because again music is fantastic the personas themselves look freaking awesome in this game (laughs) everything looked good about it i will say that for anybody who hasn't even played the other ones or played through all the other ones case in point myself finished it this actually is is it looks like a nice place to kind of jump on to the series as well and really get Mm -hmm. an awesome freaking game out of it too which is really good too because i mean any any game that's been around for multiple games in a series sometimes you feel obligated to go back and play everything and having that nice jumping on point is good yeah well, that's one thing I've always liked about the series, even though they're numbered sequentially, they're all standalone games. They have absolutely nothing to do with each other aside from like general themes. But there is still the history behind it and it is still mm-hmm. daunting for some people. And I can say that because I thought the same thing. I thought, well, I'm going to need to, well, I, hell I did. I bought two and three <laughs> as well, just so that I could play through them. Not realizing two is a piece of shit. 
I didn't even bother. It has not aged well. No, it has not. So this kind of thing here where it can be, hey, like it's getting a ton of attention and get a whole bunch of people into it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also like the video they released, like giving us a bigger or a better look at the main theme song with, uh, you know, the studio recording and uh, the singer Lynn is God fantastic voice but yeah. and I, I, again they they know that persona is more than just a video game there's a lot of the style both visually and audio that really makes it what it is and i, I like that they're giving fans tastes of every aspect of the game well what i like is that they make certain that they maintain that that quality of those things in case in point the music kind of thing it's it's not something that they, they you know, oh, this game here, we don't have quite the budget, so we're going to need to cut here a little bit and to do these other things. No, they realize, no, that is just as important a part, integral a part to the, the game as everything else. So mm-hmm. you got to give them props for that. Yeah. They also uh, gave off some uh, small, like, bios for the characters, all pretty basic stuff, you know, nothing that anybody from the Persona franchise wouldn't be surprised with. Uh, the main character is new in town, believe it or not, just like he's been really? the last four games. Wow. <laughs> but the best, Where do all these uh, new people in town come from is what I got to know. Because <laughs> eventually you've run out of new people in town. The big city. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> the one interesting little tidbit that caught my eye, though, is Morgana, the cat. Her voice actress is the same one that did Pikachu. <laughs> I didn't read that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the game looks like a ton of fun. I'm more than willing to wait. I mean, this year is busy enough gaming wise as it is. So I'll I'll settle in next summer with a nice 150 hour playthrough of Persona 5. I'll be okay with that. You might be done Fallout 4 by then. Maybe. Maybe. I'll I'll, I'll just have to like cut my losses at that point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Is that it for Persona? Yeah. They said they, they didn't... Talk about a lot, but it was definitely quality over quantity for me. Yeah. Okay. Joe, how excited are you for Star Ocean? Really excited and really confused. (laughs) Welcome to Star Ocean. (laughs) So I love the Star Ocean series. I absolutely love it. I think it's a great RPG series. It's phenomenal characters, phenomenal visuals, phenomenal music. It's, It's fantastic. But I'm really confused how another game is coming into the series because Star Ocean Last Hope, which happened about six years ago, I think it was 2009, right. was supposed to be the last entry into the entire franchise. And it pretty much tidied things up. Like, there were no loose threats. So I'm really confused how they're going to bring this back or what direction they're going to take for it. And I wish, I absolutely wish I spoke fucking Japanese because I have no clue what the hell they're talking about in the trailer and it's bothering me. So I need to know. I'm sure <laughs> Honestly, Joe, if you know as much about the Star Ocean franchise as I do, I don't think the translation would help you make sense of anything. Probably not, but at least there's that hope. <laughs> that hope. But that said, the game does look like it's going to be visually beautiful, of course. Yeah. Uh, and it does say that they're trying to not only just relaunch the series, which is an interesting statement, uh, but they're trying to kind of kickstart the JRPG uh, genre, which they feel has kind of fallen off a little bit. So I'll be interested to see if this is released in the Western area, because that's the other thing. There is no Western release date. As far as we know, it's going to be coming out in February uh, in, J- in Japan only in the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. So here's hoping it comes here, because I would absolutely love to play this game and find out what the hell it's all about. I need to know how the hell they bring this series back. I just don't have the time in my life for another Star Ocean game because I get so engrossed in all of the stuff that you can do in those games. I just well, when you talk about it, I, when you're 35 about it, years old, I can't do it. <laughs> when, you, when you talk about the previous installment had nine normal endings, five hidden endings, plus character specific endings based off of who you picked into the parties. Yeah. That's a lot of replayability and a lot of hours to devote. And I can only imagine it's going to be freaking worse now that they have like, oh, look, next gen console, all this other space, more endings. Like, I just expect that to be the thing. I just think back to the original PlayStation days. I had an entire memory card just for Star Ocean 2 saves. <laughs> you had to. You had to. And you had to buy like the special one with the double memory on it because it was just that much. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's 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 one of those series where if you haven't played any of the previous ones, 
see if you can pick one up cheap, uh, especially if Lasso. Lasso was actually a really good entry. Uh, it's worth playing. It's worth going back and actually seeing that they're going to be bringing back the series is probably going to force me to replay Last Hope. I'm curious if they're going to be bringing those back with uh, PlayStation Now because they made a big deal about that here as well, but I didn't see anything about uh, any Star Ocean stuff. But yeah, they're they're really pushing for PlayStation Now for the streaming service. So it might be interesting. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Moving on to Dragon's Quest, they uh, or Dragon Quest, I should say. They talked about two very, very briefly, unless you saw something else that I didn't see, but then they moved on to Dragon Quest Builder, which was kind of awesome, actually. Well, we got a little bit more information about, like, the 3DS port of Dragon Quest Eight, which I am so excited about. But, yeah, Dragon Quest, and also a little bit more information about Dragon Quest Heroes, too. But really the big news to come from that franchise was Dragon Quest Builders, which is their entry into the sort of Minecraft Terraria type of gameplay. But you look at it, and it's absolutely a Dragon Quest game. It has that signature art style that even though they have all these, you know, mining and building elements and, you know, placing blocks, like you can tell it's Minecraft inspired, but they've really made this game their own. Oh yeah. And like, they're, they're even talking about like gameplay wise, like it's, you know, you have to build up your town to get NPCs to move in. And once NPCs move in, they'll give you quests, which allow you to get different materials and uh, access to higher end equipment, which then you can expand your town even more. And like it, it's a real like RPG on top of the building aspect. And like the farther your town branches out, the more dangerous territory you're going to be getting into as far as monsters are concerned. So uh, I'm really interested to see how this works out because, you know, those types of games can be very fun. Like I, I've been playing a lot of Terraria again lately because I, I like the, the, the questing progression on top of the building aspect. You know, sometimes you just have one or the other and it's not as interesting, but when you can get both of those working together well, uh, I think you can have a pretty cool game. I love the scene where you see him building up the steps higher and higher in a spiral until he gets above the clouds and looks off in the distance and there's that sense of adventure going out there and mm-hmm. I thought, ooh, that looks like fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the aesthetics of it. It's I, I'm curious how easy it's going to be to to build things in it because it kind of showed like a, a little village being built up as well kind of thing. And it stands to reason you'll be able to do again, like the other games, pretty much whatever your imagination can tackle. But I'm curious how easy it will be to put everything together and use it. Well, they, they also have a system that they've implemented of blueprints where if you just want to build like a basic structure, you just plop down the blueprint and it shows you like exactly where to place the blocks to get it to work. Right. So I think that's a pretty interesting adaptation because i have also heard a complaint that the the camera system they use for people who have played a lot of minecraft and similar games it's very awkward to play like i don't know if you know maybe that's just they're so used to that one type of ui and interface but i think that might be uh that might help them out as far as the actual construction is concerned something like that okay moving on one of the things that i was super excited about was freaking gravity rush is coming to the ps4 Uh, Sorry, Raj. You're we just done? lost uh, Captain Tightpants. Yep. No, we didn't. And now he's back. And now he just came back. He was gone for a little bit. This was worth interrupting for? <laughs> if it messes with the broadcast <laughs> yes, or the recording, yeah. yes. <laughs> well, it wouldn't mess with the recording, but it would You're telling me the... you can't edit this out? <laughs> Shut up, dude. <laughs> 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 you don't have to be an ass about it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm leaving this shit in. The outtakes. <laughs> Not even. If you're curious what he's talking about, it's because we're After using... After last week, we need some different outtakes. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're trying to use Discord app for the recording instead of Skype because Skype's been stupid the last couple of days. So it's, that's why the sound is probably going to be off. Same as it was yesterday for a comic book informer. I'm Still trying to tweak it and get the right filters on. Um, but to be able to broadcast it, I've got a separate account logged in silently. That's Captain Tight Pants. Back to what I was saying now. <laughs> Gravity Rush is being remastered and brought to the PS4. And I thought that's freaking awesome. Let alone the fact that there's a Gravity Rush 2. Well, they're calling it Days now. Gravity Days 2 is going to be coming out next year at some point. 
probably in the summer, I believe I read, which is freaking cool as shit because I loved Gravity Rush. I was the one of the launch titles for the Vita. So we're talking, it came out in 2012 and it had a pretty strong following. A lot of people liked it a lot. Now, granted, there wasn't a ton to choose with initially when the console came out. <laughs> it but, was the game to own for like a year and a half. But I, I wouldn't say that bad because, again, people like slamming the Vita just because it's cool to do so. But I have one. I love it. There's so. <laughs> been games forever for the thing. So I, that it's not a PSP. <laughs> but the but I have one of those too. <laughs> I yes, yeah, so do I. We've got two in the house. <laughs> but I loved Gravity Rush. I loved everything about it. I loved the aesthetics of it. I loved the Miyazaki style and story kind of elements. I loved the characters, and I really loved the gameplay. One of the things with it, though, because again, well, because it was a launch title, and because no doubt they were pushed to use. All of the freaking everything's on that P- that Vita. It uses the back panel, it uses the touch on the front, it uses everything. But it did it in such a way that it still felt natural, and I never had a problem with it. But one of the things with the, the, the port to the PS4, they were wondering how it would work, and all they did was map it to R1 and L1, and it's or 2, I can't remember which they said, but that's it, problem solved. And from what I read, it actually plays better on the PS4. So the remastered 1080p on a big screen, I, yeah, I might be picking it up just to play through it and then be ready for the second one when it comes out. Yeah, it'd be a pretty cool experience. Yeah. We also got some Kingdom Hearts news as well. Joel, I'll let you take this. So this one I'm excited for because I'm pretty sure Renee is going to squee uncontrollably at this and demand that I purchase it for her immediately. So Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. Wow, it's a mouthful. <laughs> got its first trailer. And yeah, also we got teasers of uh, te- some teasers for Kingdom Hearts 3. So it's a uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 HD remake, essentially, uh, with a whole bunch of extra stuff added in like Kingdom. It, it basically, it's the, the bundle or whatever it is. Um, which has got Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance HD, Kingdom Hearts X, uh, Bat Cover, Kingdom Hearts 0.2, Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage. It basically everything that you could possibly want from the Kingdom Hearts series in one neat little bundle, and then an additional Kingdom Hearts 2 HD. Remake. And do they tell you what order to play them in? Why, why the Hell fuck no. can't they have a one, two, three, four? <laughs> No, no. If you want that, what you're going to do is you're going to set aside a half an hour and you're going to have Renee on the show. Yeah. She's going to explain to you the order in which you have to play them and you're going to need to take notes. Screw that. I got her on Twitter. I got her aim. Okay, what do I do next? But as, much, as much as I love this game and I'm really excited for Kingdom Hearts 3, yeah, it's confusing as shit to find out how the hell you have to go through this thing in order. So here's my suggestion for anybody looking to don't bother. Just pick up a game and play it. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Joe, did you see Nomura's explanation as to why this is 2.8? No. Oh, boy. Do I want to? (laughs) Listeners, take a second to pause the podcast and get a pen and paper because you're going to need to write this down for it to not make sense. But (laughs) this is brilliant. He says, since this is the first title after Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 Remix, Dream Drop Distance HD is being treated as Kingdom Hearts 2.6. Then Kingdom Hearts Cross Black Cover slash Kingdom Hearts Unchained represents zero since it's the first title in the Kingdom Hearts storyline. Lastly, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep represents 0.1, which leads to Kingdom Hearts 0.2 Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage. Then from all three titles in the collection, you add 2.6 plus 0 plus 0.2 to get to 2.8. Holy shit. <laughs> In this man must be stopped. Tab B. Seriously. <laughs> oh my goodness. He needs goodness. to go work at Ikea. <laughs> right there are instructions on how to build shelves. <laughs> Maybe he used to work for Ikea and gave them the instructions. That's, holy shit. That's like stereo instructions from the 80s. <laughs> That's hysterical. Wow. <laughs> he missed his calling. He was supposed to be a high school math teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'll teach those little bastards math whether they want to know it or not. <laughs> okay. All right. The, the, that's the or else. All right. Let's move on. Uh, they, 
there was a lot of people hopeful that we would get some Last Guardian news here. Obviously, like, <laughs> it's it's a perfect spot for it. No, not so much. We got a massive projection, and that 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 played with a ball, and that was it. So that was that was disappointing. <laughs> that was really disappointing because I was actually hoping that we'd get a lot more news. I mean, I know that like I'd pretty much given up on the title, and. Then when they announced it, I still wasn't like getting super psyched, but then the little bit more that's been trickling in, it's like, man, I actually am looking forward to playing that. Eh, we got nothing. I did see the Scale video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I saw a video and immediately was like, oh God, this has got Vince written all over it. The 13 Sentinels. Yes and no. Okay. Uh, yes, where is it here? 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim is the latest game from Atlas and Vanillaware coming to PlayStation 4 and Vita. I couldn't tell you what it's about, but it had a very pretty trailer. <laughs> I, I, I love the art style, like the, the, the hand-drawn animation. Well, not, obviously not a hand-drawn animation, but it looks like hand-drawn animation. The backgrounds are gorgeous. It's got a giant robot. So, like, there's a lot really going for this, but... I think back to Vanillaware. Vanillaware has made some amazing games. Odin Sphere, Muramasa Rebirth, Dragon's Crown. All fantastically made games. All with issues relating to character design, especially in the female direction. So I am hopeful because I'm sure, again, it's going to be a really good game, technically. Fun to play, but it's one of those things where how much bad am I willing to wait through to get to the good? Same discussion we had last yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. What about uh, Bloodborne, the old hunters? Joe, you excited so for that? This is actually really cool. So Bloodborne is one of those games that I love to watch um, <laughs> because I suck at it. <laughs> but this is actually really cool. And one of the, the interesting things about Bloodborne was the transforming weapons. And it was one of the things that I thought was one of the niftiest mechanics of the base game and one that a lot of players agreed with me on and kept asking for more of. So what we have here is now a whole brand new arsenal of weapons that convert into other weapons, such as the blade bow, which is called the blade bow. Um, they're not <laughs> the most ingenious as far as naming things go, but it's really cool where one minute it's a sword, the next minute it's a bow and arrow. And that's kind of nifty or the weird chain buzzsaw thing that goes from a sword to this random like thing straight out of Silent Hill. I thought that was pretty cool. There's going to be a whole brand new area to explore a whole brand new uh, set of enemies and bosses, which are sort of one of the big draws to this type of genre. There's a lot of good things coming in this. It's and it's it's an expansion. It's straight up an expansion to Bloodborne, but it's cool. And it's one of those things where I can't wait to watch people play it because again, I suck at it, but I'm interested to see how all the new weapons go, how the new Eldritch horrors go. It's, it just looks really cool. And also it is one of those play. This is a great example of how something can be absolutely gloomy as shit, but still gorgeous. Well, it yeah, has atmosphere. Like, I, I love everything about the game except actually playing it. <laughs> the design, the story, you know, the, the world they've created. But the thing I find most interesting is it was originally supposed to be two separate DLCs that they went, you know mm -hmm. what? Instead of spacing this out and dragging the fans along, let's just smack everything together, give them one giant content pack, dust off our hands and be done with it. And I kind of respect that approach. Yeah, no kidding. Well, yeah, especially because it lets them weave everything together, polish it up a little bit more, and give players a better experience. And, yeah, I'm all for that. We also got a couple of, obviously, a couple of samurai title things. There was, the two that caught my attention were For Honor and Neo. Now, For Honor, it, we actually saw at uh, the premiere trailer at E3, but it was more like Vikings fighting. And here now we got a samurai, the first samurai we hero. A, we got a glimpse of the samurai at E3. Not like this. Wasn't he getting murdered? <laughs> <laughs> this is being developed by Ubisoft Montreal and they showed off the Samurai Hero Oni and holy crap does it ever look good. This <laughs> motherfucker is dancing all over the place, swords whipping around. He wears this leather and wood armor that 
it looks authentic. It looks like it belongs in that time period. And then he's got these incredible abilities of using the katana. He's got these like throwing arrow things. He's got an arrow storm that he can call down on people, a poison blade. And again, it is gorgeous. Just unbelievably gorgeous. I want to play I, this. Yeah, I, I have no fucking part. idea what it's about. I want to play it. <laughs> like, did they actually release any news regarding what it is about, though? Uh, no, who cares? <laughs> I haven't seen it either. So I'm, I'm whatever. I'm, I'm on board, anyways, just because it looks so good. And it, what's funny is that I saw this after I'd seen the Niho. Uh, trailers and videos. Now the Neo stuff, it's, it's actually based on an Akira Kurosawa script. And so I read that and I went, dude, this is going to be right up my freaking alley. And then I see the trailer and the, the, the gameplay footage they show. And then it's this dude who's fighting all manner of demons and beasts coming out. And then he loses his helmet and it's like, it's a blonde Caucasian dude. And I'm going, what the fuck is this about? And between the two, not just in terms of, aesthetics but also the gameplay from what it appeared to be from what we were seeing for honor just looks so much better i don't know man neo looked really good to me though uh, and like but you know here's the thing like i'm assuming it's part of the story the reason he's half japanese half american like it's a japanese game by a japanese company i'm not afraid that we're going to get 47 ronin done this one <laughs> It's possible. He's being voiced now, by Keanu Now, there Reeves. is an interesting parallel to be made that the game is Neo. <laughs> I know. Not spelled the same, but, you know, it, it definitely sets a precedent. Follow the white rabbit. I, again, from what I saw, at least, I was far more interested in For Honor, which, again, is surprising. I'm, I'm super hyped for both. Yeah. So it will be fun. Now, something that really surprised me in terms of how excited I was for, because again, I own a crap load of these games and I haven't finished one of these son of a bitches. But when I read that Jack the Ripper is going to be an Assassin's Creed syndicate, <laughs> I was like, okay, now I want to play that. Now I really want to play that. That was freaking awesome. This is kind of one of those foregone, uh, foregone conclusions. Like you knew it was going to happen. I didn't. You're not. Really? I mean, no, I kinda, I I, it's a great thing, and I'm really excited for it, but I totally expected this, mostly because with the Assassin's Creed titles, they've been kind of dipping into the, like, more kind of notor like notable historical figures. Mm-hmm. And with all the recent stuff that's come out in the last year about Jack the Ripper and the possible identity and everything else they found, mo- like, very, very recently, I'm not surprised. I'm really, really happy, but I'm... V- you know, I'm just, I'm not surprised. And I think that's going to be absolutely cool because you're teaming up to bring down Jack the Ripper. <laughs> and I think that's a really damn cool idea where you're an assassin going after one of the, the most the heinous most, murderers of all time. The most celebrated mass yeah. murderer of all time. Yeah. I, again, the, the footage was phenomenal for this i i love the voice acting it mm-hmm. just looked like it'd be a ton of fun even if it's only a few hours and boom you're done it just sounded like holy crap i want to do that well there's gonna be a whole bunch of other stuff that are coming along with it too so there's it's also part of the last maharaja mission pack it looks like it's coming with it where there's gonna be 10 brand new missions where you go along with this character i don't know absolutely massacre this pronunciation do leap and then i know the last name is Singh because i have a friend with that last name uh who has to reclaim their birthright as the maharaja and that's kind of an interesting thing because that's not a lot of uh, it's not something a lot of current people really think about is back then there was this whole tie-in with you know the british colonialism in india and that's actually a really awesome nod um it's just there's so many cool things coming here I'm super like I'm really excited for Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and this is just doing nothing but make it a little less containable. We also got some information about PlayStation Morpheus, which is now going to be called the PlayStation VR because originality. <laughs> At least there's no mistaking what it is. Yeah, this was freaking cool. Again, I know you guys aren't excited about it. I am still excited, and every time I hear more news. I'm still 
more and more excited. And so they, they talked about several of the, the games or some of them experiences as well that you'll have. Like one of them is more of a kind of like you're surrounded in a movie kind of thing. And you can look around at the different scenes and what's going on, which is something that I'm hoping that if there is enough success with distribution of these various VR that we get more of those experiences and it's going to be difficult and we're not likely to get, you know, feature full length movie kind of things, but even just shorts, whether it's an animated thing or whether it's, which would be obviously easier or live action, just to be able to reside in that world for a little while and be immersed in the story. You don't even necessarily need to be making choices, but just be following along with it. Just to me is it's just sounds like it's such a mind blowing experience. So I had an epiphany today while <laughs> Only looking today. at this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> an apostrophe. Uh-huh. <laughs> while while looking at the VR stuff and thinking about horror movies. Oh yeah. And right now we're at this weird intersection where horror movies are trying to catch up with technology in terms of how to scare somebody. And something like this, like a viable VR option, can potentially make those movie studio companies maybe want to create cinematic experiences as opposed to movies and use the technology in that manner. And this is going to sound really funny, but that's because we were talking about at work about a horror movie coming out called Selfie. Yes. And we were looking over it and it was like one of those interesting concepts where they're taking something that's so commonplace and trying to make it terrifying. Imagine something like that ported into a VR experience. And we've already seen kind of hints at it. I'm all on board for that. If you can give me experiences like that, I will 100% endorse VR as a absolute wonderful thing. Well, we can look at the new, the upcoming, um, the new Charlotte Copley movie where uh, what's called hardcore i believe where it's all filmed first person and mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 that's that's made for this kind of thing you know just that you're you're living this experience so again it's it's it, this has nothing to do with the, the gaming aspects of it but just from yes. an entertainment standpoint not just in terms of the the like because i love the idea of the, the travel ones as well where you can be like you know thousands of miles under the sea and just singing with crabs and mermaids, whatever, but between that and visiting other parts of the world. And, but these kind of things too, where it is immersing you in a story. I I keep going back to the idea of, can you imagine being in a Pixar short and it doesn't even have to be super long, but residing in that world that you look around and in, you're in the Toy Story bedroom and everybody's running I don't want to cry around. that much. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, dude, imagine being in the up house as it's floating away and you look out the door and you're floating away. Like, God, how can you not think of that and be and, and, and not be excited about this? Like, it's just... The, the, the possibilities are coming to fruition. We're seeing people demoing exactly these kind of things that from there, it's just, you know, follow the, the, the path and you're going to eventually get to a, a place where we will be in the up house going up and, and crying well, <laughs> because and, and there's and a picture of them on the wall. holding. Hands. But that's, a, and that's stuff starting to happen now too. Yep. There was that one virtual experience where, uh, I don't remember if we talked about it or not. I'm sorry, but where you, it's like a 4d experience involving VR and a completely transmutable space uh, where players go through and they have to survive. Like in one instance, it was you're a jewel thief that, or, or a tomb raider that just wound up grabbing everything and all of a sudden triggering all these traps. So you have fire arrows coming at you and they have like heat lamps set up specifically and they, you know, they have different structures set up so that as you're looking through it, you're experiencing this in real time and you're feeling motivated to move and they have everything set up in that 4D environment. So you're getting blasted with air, heat, water, um, rumble seats. Um, if you're on a, a platform, they have things that will move around you to move you. And they're starting to use this technology for that. And I think that's absolutely amazing. 
I think that I have to say that I owe Roger an apology starting to see all this stuff. Where I'm like, oh, this is never going to be, you know, a thing. I'm actually starting to get excited for this stuff. One of the ones that really obviously got me excited too was Final Fantasy fourteen. Final Fantasy fourteen with a fucking VR helmet and going up against a boss. So for those of us that are MMO fans that love MMOs, the idea of living within that space is always something that you fantasize about. Sure. Now, like, you can live in this space. It's not without its downsides as well because it's going to really change the way the game is played because in this case it was first person and whether they allow a third person or not who knows but now all of a sudden that's going to make a big difference in terms of like if somebody or something surprises you from behind you need to always be aware of your surroundings and they were saying as well it was a little iffy when you are running because they map the uh, left joystick to basically your head movement so you turn by moving your head and looking where you need to go so that would need to be changed as well but the idea of if they can map it back to the button and then just use your head movement to to look back and forth as you would when you're actually moving and to be able to play a fight i would renew my fucking sub if this comes through and it's as cool as it sounds, I will renew my sub and I'll, I'll, I'll actually not, sorry, not renew it because I've got it on PC. I'll buy the game for PS4 and, and sub because holy crap to be able to play that game because that game is justifiably incredible. I, I'm not playing it now for monetary concerns. That's the only reason why, because I miss it dear. And those cards, <sighs> Vince, you could be playing triple triad, for realsies, <laughs> you'd be putting your cards down and stuff. And oh, I was super stoked when I saw that. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> but then, of course, you also need to have the creepy. And they showed off summer lesson where you're teaching two girls how to speak Japanese. You're a teacher. And it was like, oh, my God, that is freaking creepy as shit. That is sleazy. And that's only did like. You, did you expect anything less yeah, from Japan? I, oh, that was, it was just <laughs> not right <laughs> on a lot of points there. I was like, oh, this, this is a slippery slope, folks. <laughs> I don't want to know where this is going to go. <laughs> that said. Slippery? Really? Was that the right word? Rog? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> I don't say anything without meaning it. <laughs> the thing that was awesome, though, is that I'm watching that. And I'm thinking, ooh. And then, of course, in the back of my mind is like, well, at least I wouldn't ex- have to explain to Karen when Vince makes me watch terrible animes anymore. <laughs> she wouldn't see anything. As long as I make sure to keep my hands by my side. Wait, wait. Everything's I all right. make you watch terrible anime? You have. Maybe. Uh-uh. Okay. That's, a, that's, a bit of one, that's been a one-way street. Okay. Well, you suggested this one we're watching now. And that first episode, I got to tell you, yeesh. I, I didn't suggest it. I said I've heard things about it. No, 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 no. That was a pretty strong suggestion. Anyways, <laughs> they again, we didn't get a crap load of stuff for the, the VR, but it was just enough that it really, it did nothing but increase my excitement for this. So this is one of those things they did say as well, which is not surprising at all. They're considering this a new console and so the, it's going to be priced as such too. So I'm anticipating a 299 or th- probably 399 price tag I'm on it. Going to lean towards 399 yeah. probably. And in all honesty, I well, I hell the money's already put aside because this was like a gift for me from the kids. Whether it's this one or the <laughs> Oculus or whatever, I'm getting at least one of them <laughs> and probably more. Especially now that I have the Xbox one, I'll probably get the Oculus as well. But it's gonna be like a coat rack at your house, just filled with VR helmets. Wife is gonna get used to seeing me with something on my face and my hands out, <laughs> stretched out. Oh God, who's he yeah, touching now? Eyes, like honestly, it's an improvement. Yeah, probably. Okay, let's move on to just some other news of the week as well. Vince, you found this freaking awesome LG for the Dead World game that I hadn't even heard of, but holy crap, does that ever look interesting? It is by far the most interesting thing I found this week. Yes. Game called Elegy for a Dead World by Dejoban Games and Pop Cannibal. And it's how do you really explain this? (laughs) They drop you into a fictional world. You're an explorer and they put you through three different planets. 
these planets are based on famous works of poetry. Ozymandias by Percy Shelley, Darkness by Lord Byron, When I Have Fears That I May Cease to Be by John Keats. And there are these elaborate alien worlds based on you know the imagery in those stories. And the gameplay is tell your story. You'll just be walking through this world and occasionally a writing prompt will come up and you have to fill in the blanks. There's no right or wrong answer. It's a hundred percent creativity. You know, what, what do you feel the story that's being told in the scene is? And it's, I know for all three of us as writers, like this is a phenomenal idea. And they're talking about how you can just do, you know, freeform writing if you want. There's different challenges where like they'll tell you, okay, this time you're a thief looking for treasures or, you know, this time you're a scientist trying to find out what happens to the people who lived here. And just the vast amount of creativity that this can bring about. And it's right there built in. Once you're done, you can share your stories of this world with everybody else. It's this is something really special as far as I'm concerned. It's it's the no man's sky of this kind of mm-hmm. game. It's original and it just looks like it will be a lot of fun for people who are specifically interested in that type of game. And yeah, I just saw that. I was blown away. I'm actually really upset that I didn't know about it before now. Yeah. Yeah. It it looked gorgeous. The sound was phenomenal. The voice acting of the narrator. Now there's a narrator. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I see what you did there. Really? Because <laughs> I was very subtle with that. <laughs> um, and you also got some other news about another writer. Well, actually, no, before we get there, I one more thing I wanted to touch on with this game. I, I went to the website and the type of things that they encourage their players to do. Take screenshots of your story and upload them to a print on demand site like Blurb and Lulu. And then you will have a gorgeous full color physical book representing your story. The fact this that game really creators cool. encourage their players to do, like obviously, you know, don't sell it. <laughs> yeah, it's their it's their artwork, but that's that's cool as hell. Yeah, I I, agree. I, I want one. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun to play. When is it coming out? Do you know? I, I didn't see didn't okay. see any information to that effect. Keep us posted on that one for sure, mm-hmm. for sure, definitely. Okay, moving on to uh, Drew. Yes. Uh, For gaming fans, we had a a bit of great news for people who enjoy fun sci-fi stories of the Bioware persuasion. Drew Karpishan, who is best known as one of the lead writers on Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, as well as, you know, KOTOR, Jade Empire, a bunch of other stuff. You know, he left Bioware for a while a few years ago to work on his series of novels, The uh, Chaos Born, which now I need to read. But uh, now that he's done with that, you know, he's gone and finished his project that he really wanted to do, he's now back at Bioware. And a lot of people are assuming he's working on the new Mass Effect, but if you listen to what he said, it was more that uh, he started with the company working on Star Wars The Old Republic, and for now, that's what he's focusing on again. So he's probably involved back in the Star Wars land, which, you know, he does very well there. And it's just, it's exciting because this guy is a great video game writer. He's... You can tell the difference between the games he's worked on and the games he hasn't. <laughs> so yep. uh, getting, getting him back in the fold is nothing but good news for gaming fans. I didn't think this was surprising because um, I, I should say not because I was expecting necessarily to come back, but the fact that I can see them trying to get him back. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I could really see them trying to get him back because they Every time you listen to news about the Old Republic with the upcoming expansion, they are saying how it's story, story, story. They're not saying, hey, look at all these raids. Hey, look at how we changed this about the classes and whatnot. Yes, those changes are in there, but they're pushing that it's all about story. That is it. It's all about the stories to the point where they're talking about how many chapters are going to be. There's going to be for the various story elements. They're talking about their plan, long-term plan for all of these things as well. And how, again, if you sub, you're going to get all of these story elements throughout all of the months. So story is at the heart of what they want to do now. 
And again, it makes sense because they've been slammed so much for the gameplay and other things. Go back to the roots of what made the Star Wars games great from Bioware. So this is not surprising if, in fact, that he is going to go back to Star Wars. Not surprising at all. And, in fact, just makes me very excited for the the, the future of that game as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, we got a, uh, all that I saw, I don't know if anybody else saw it, but there was a, a new trailer for Rise of the Tomb Raider. So I I hated the narrator. What the hell was that all about? That, that freaking British dude that would fit in a documentary, not so much in an action game, but whatever. But it showed off some of the different stuff that you can expect from like various elements of the exploration as well as the obvious mountain climb and stuff and the different tombs and stuff like that. There was no set story element that they were discussing, just a whole bunch of clips and whatnot. But God damn, did it ever look like fun? Some of those things, was like, I can't wait to be in that tomb and figure that out because they're showing different elements of how it kind of works together. And you're going, Ooh, that's a lot more intricate than what we saw in the other Tomb Raider game. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then finally, we got some more news on yet another specialization for Guild Wars 2. And this is, I know that me and Joe, one of our favorite classes. So <laughs> this was freaking awesome. Tell us about the Scrapper. And I, I just love the name. I have been waiting <laughs> for this. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. My Ashura engineer. Yes. So here we got the brand new one, which I love the fact that the opening line is it's hammer time because it's all about that giant fucking hammer. And I absolutely love it. You want a rocket propelled hammer? You got one. You want to deflect bullets with your hammer? You got it. You want to have an AOE thunderclap that, from slamming your hammer on the ground? Oh, you got that too. Oh, do you like little robots? I'm glad you like little robots because you get those too. You got a fleet of fucking mechs to come with you. This class is everything that I wanted the engineer to be. Literally everything I wanted the engineer to be. And I am so ecstatic. Not only are the hammer stuff cool, you have a wide variety of mechs, uh, such as the Purge Gyro, uh, which lets you remove conditions from nearby allies, pardon me, so that you actually can, you know, be a support-ish type creature, like we talked about before. Um, It's... Oh, man... I'm so excited for this, just in general. Like, between that, like, being able to do stealth stuff, uh, to be able to detect stealth, be able to do poison damage, uh, it's just, holy shit. I love that it's going to make it a lot more fun to do melee as well on the class, because that was always something that was not as much fun with the engineer. And it's almost as if they realized that and fixed it in the specialization. They really did. And I remember, like you, I think I used a shotgun my entire time just because it was the easiest. Yeah. But, oh, my God, this is, there is so much here that it makes me incredibly happy. Um, everything from the stabilization, which is a cool little cool little feature, um, where you evade attacks, it gets you stability. Uh, and then because your hammer is perfectly weighted, it does increase damage with hammer skills. Um, you can do uh, a final salvo where your your gyros create a lightning field that gives you super or that gives super speed upon being destroyed. That's hysterical and it reduces all of the uh, the the gyro skills uh, cooldowns. You can also give yourself extra armor. Uh, you can daze mass people. Uh, you can gain power based on your toughness. Uh, while you're affected by stability, which gives you stacking might, which lets you increase damage. Uh, You can do rapid recovery, so you can have more increased regeneration. There's a whole ton. Like, this is a very versatile class. Like, it has support. It has self-sustaining. It has little tiny bits of healing. And it has a ton of what looks like are potentially very fun fight mechanics. Yes. This is, I, I need it. This was the one that I looked at and said, this is just going to be fun to play. Because a mm-hmm. lot of them you're looking at and seeing the obvious, the, the the manner in which you'll change the way you play to be more effective and to, oh, I'll be able to tank the crap out of a ton of mobs. I'll be able to do this and all that. And this is the one that I looked at and said, this just looks fun. This just looks like it's going to be a blast to play, especially when you consider the leveling up process with it. All of those levels now, I, again, I just, it looks like it'll be just a blast to play. 
Not to mention that all of your your uh, your gyros look like they came out of the 1987 movie Batteries Not Included, which is a huge selling point in my book. <laughs> I just love the freaking face mask with the, the fire. welding mask. Oh my god! I was like, okay, I'm gonna need one of those for sure because that was awesome. <laughs> so good. Yes, yes, indeed. You also you just just found some news on Crowfall. Yeah, this is actually interesting. I just got an email while we were recording the show that the collector's edition for Crowfall is uh, now up for pre-order, which surprised the hell out of me. Uh, Not only did it surprise the hell out of me, the contents of it surprised the hell out of me. It's $150 collector's edition. It comes with two guest trial passes for Crowfall, the game, uh, the collector's edition Crowfall art book, which I absolutely love art books, uh, the music of Crowfall CD, a Murder of Crows behind-the-scenes Crowfall uh, footage, basically the making-of type stuff. Uh, collector's Edition Crowfall comic book. 21 tabletop miniatures for Crowfall of <laughs> all of the archetypes. That's where you went, sold. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be able to buy those minis separate. Are you kidding me? And then a three-month VIP subscription. That's – and then uh, digital exclusive items that have yet to be announced. That's a fucking lot of stuff. Even at one hundred fifty dollars, and the minis alone, like it sounds like it's weird, and it's something that I'm going to focus on. So I'm sorry, guys. Uh, it looks like they're the same quality of the minis that are being used by uh, Wizards of the Coast for their D and D their D and D minis. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if it's the same production company. Um, Even it, the packaging looks the same. Yeah, it looks pretty much pretty similar. I'm I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and guess that they they probably outsource to that and that's fine because those minis are actually coming out in very good quality mm-hmm. um they come pre-painted if people don't want to paint them i'm going to repaint every single fucking last one of them but that's really cool i did not expect that and that's better to me than one massive bust that's yes. really cool yeah, yeah definitely actually yeah, like- they're pretty far they've been having um Twitch streams where they've been showing gameplay of different things. And again, there's a lot of people very excited. I did back this at the lowest one, so I'm obviously going to be playing. I am looking forward to it, but I don't know that I'll do the, I'm not as crazy about minis, so I don't know that I'll do the 150 collectors, but more power to you. I just want to be able to buy the mini separately. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's going to wrap it up for this week. So thank you to anybody who joined us in the live stream. It was a little bit of, discord magic to get it to work hopefully the sound is all right when i finish editing but there you have it you can of course find us at for the lore and join us on mondays at 7 p.m we are a day late this week just because we had to switch the for the lore not comic book informer podcast which speaking of make sure to check it out we had a, a fun comic book informer podcast episode yesterday and on the weekend we recorded a fantastic popcorn ronin episode talking about gate the anime and that was interesting you will definitely want to make sure to listen to that you can find us on twitter at fourth lore or individually joe at loaders at j vince at simodian and myself at zen buddhist and you can leave us your thoughts on itunes and stitcher and with that we will talk to you guys next week once again everybody's volumes fucking got a spike as soon as we start talking (laughs) of course (laughs) I'm just going to start putting you motherfuckers a lot lower to begin with. Because you're well, testing one, two. That's why I was trying to talk to Vince excitedly about Gundams when somebody interrupted us. But no. <sighs> Fuck you guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm killing the stream. How's that? Because for some reason, Nintendo uh, had like tripled the levels on my microphone. Nintendo. That's... Windows. Okay, yes, that's perfect. <laughs> Nintendo? Nintendo? <laughs> I, I put it back down to my normal level. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by ForTheLore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs. <laughs>